The following episode deals with the entertainment industry and includes sexually graphic dialogue, vulgar lyrics, and various heavier topics than normal. Listener discretion advised. It's gonna be one hell of a ride. Just another quick note to our audience. One of our guests preferred this episode not to air as he didn't think the conversation was fruitful in any way. We respected his opinion by keeping him anonymous. His voice will be played with a voice filter and his name bleeped out throughout the episode. Enjoy. This is the pastor's big brother who has taken advantage of my little brother for years. You have it, man. You are right. You you have. You have indeed. And this is the pastor with no answers. So I can remember a specific example of when you took advantage of me. I was like a, a two or three year old innocent young man, and you basically had our our brush our teeth routine at night, and basically you said it would be a great idea for me to take the left side of the sink. That was my space to brush my teeth, and you got to have the front of the sink. And you basically made it out to be like this equal deal where you've got this side, I've got this side, except my side was way smaller and I had to lean way over to spit my toothpaste into the sink and you had this huge space where you didn't even have to lean over at all. Like at that age, you being five or six years old, did you realize you were taking advantage of me? It's called birthright. Yeah, but did you know you, did you, know you were swindling me? Honestly, looking back at that story, I don't think that I did because, I mean, think about it. Like, you're, you're arguing about the space here, but I would say, like, at least half of my space was drawer space. So if you, if you ignore the drawer space, you and I really did have the same amount of space. However, yours was more awkward. Like, your positioning was definitely more awkward. You I mean, definitely who had to do you in. think you are, man? Who I'm do your you older you brother. I deserve the big, better hey, spot. What's your biggest failure as a brother, huh? Too hard to answer? Too many to count? <laughs> Gosh. And you're going to dwell on that? That's like the most <laughs> insignificant one of them all. <laughs> yeah, like the, like the time when uh, I accidentally elbowed your best friend. and uh, Oh, boy. Here it comes. Yeah, you, you, didn't, you didn't defend your brother. <laughs> hey, so I, I, have to, I have to tell you that I'm probably going to go see Creed with Priscilla, man. I don't think I can wait. That's not a problem. That's all right. um, but we got to figure out a different movie to see together. I think you said the uh, Tarantino movie is not going to be out. It comes out Christmas Day. so Gotcha. Uh, so that's not going to work. What right. about The Martian? Have you seen that? I haven't, but I doubt that I'll still be playing... That's like true. Middle December, That's but true. if it is, I, I definitely would go see that. Yeah, we got to figure that out. Maybe, maybe I'll wait, or maybe it'll be. I, I heard. I mean, some people have said it's like the second best Rocky movie. No way. Uh, out I, there. I find yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Although, what's your I mean, most? You, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, what did you think about the uh, Rocky Six, Rocky Balboa? Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, I, I did just too. Thought, I, did too. I thought. I thought. I. I was just in suspense with how is he gonna pull off getting Rocky Balboa back into the ring. And how, how he did it, I thought, was was genius. Like, he was yeah, obsessed with boxing, and he uh, was overzealous, but it was a match because the dude broke his hand or something. I mean, I just thought it was perfect. So yep, yep. it was really cool. What What's your most memorable movie viewing experience uh, between the two of us? I, I definitely have one, but I'm curious what you think. So not not holidays, just in general? And yeah, just, just of all the movies that you and I have seen together, what's one that sticks out in your head? I mean, I guess I have to say Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I think the reason why is I didn't even know who Jim Carrey was at yeah. that point. And you said, hey, we should go see this movie Dumb and Dumber. I don't know what you knew about it, but I imagine seeing Dumb and Dumber with zero expectations. Like I had right. no idea what I was getting into. You just said it's funny and there's this funny guy named... Uh, Jim Carrey, because I had not seen the Ace Ventures or anything, so I mean, I was just flipping blown away. Like, well, I see, I was, was the same like, way. Like, oh I was I, that was my first year in college, and some of my friends were really into Jim Carrey from uh, In Living Color, the TV show. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I had seen him on that, you know, off and on, but that's right after the first Ace Ventura came out, and they were raving about that, and I had never seen it. And so when Dumber Dumber came out, they were saying, "Man, you've got to see this movie. It's hilarious. It's starring Jim Carrey. It's better than Ace Ventura." So yeah. I just said, okay, what the hell? Let's go see it. And, I mean, it was definitely – it far exceeded my expectations, even the right. first time I saw right. it. So Have you have you seen the latest, the the real sequel? 
I I liked it. I saw it and really? I liked it. I did. Yeah, really? I, mean, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe I need to watch it again. I just I don't know. It was just depressing to me because I just Seriously? I just felt like there's so much more they could have done with it. But yeah, maybe I need to watch it again. Um, so we're we're talking today about entertainment and whether or not Christians can morally just engage in pretty much anything that's out there. Uh, I do think it's funny. I was thinking of some uh, things in my life that I'll never forget. I, w- I was brought up in a very legalistic culture. Uh, I'm not putting that on my parents necessarily, but uh, just the a collaboration of church culture and how, how my parents were um, growing in their faith and the churches they were under. And I think my parents, uh, our, our parents did a great job. Um, I don't feel like... Uh, you know, they're what some people would maybe call overprotection. I don't think that that affected me negatively at all or or anything like that. But so I'll say this, I mean, into college, I was not listening to secular music. Um, I'll never forget visiting Jared in college. And I saw a voodoo glow skulls compact (laughs) disc and on it, it said, play it loud effer. And Jared, I don't know if you remember this, but I, no. I, I was I was kind of speechless. I was just like, Jared, you you can't you can't <laughs> listen to this. Like, why why are you listening to this? Like, I don't remember this, that. Yeah, That's this hilarious. says this says the f word on it. Right. I I, I remember um, for for those of you emo uh, classic emo guys, drive like Jehu. Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on their classic uh, release, they had I think on the cover. Uh, play it loud, GD, or something like that. And it bothered me so much to where I tried to scratch that out so I could listen to it with without feeling like convicted or something. And I totally messed up the CD and I had to order it again. Um, another situation I remember, Jared, uh, remember the, the beloved dollar theater where we oh, yeah. paid two dollars for a ticket at night and we i mean there were certain yeah. movies that we i mean we seriously in a summer we'd be like hey let's go see dumb and dumber again oh that right. makes five times but it'll be oh, fun yeah. we can we can talk during it or whatever i'll never forget when i went to go see a movie with my friends and you're just like i really want to go see pulp fiction and I don't know if we had to leave or, or what, but I went in the theater to tell you something. And I was like, I cannot believe my brother <laughs> is in here listening to this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've I tell def- you what, like, it, it yeah. took a lot for me to see that movie, honestly, because I, uh, you know, same culture, same parents, and yeah. so it wasn't like it was an easy thing for me just to say, okay, I'm going to go see Pulp Fiction. I mean, it was kind of a deliberate thing. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to take this plunge. I'm going to step out. I've heard it's a great movie. It was nominated for a Best Picture. You know, uh, Tarantino seems like he's a cool guy. So it was it was me really feeling it out and really kind of making that choice deliberately to go in there. Um, it was definitely not a casual decision, but it's my favorite movie of all time with Rocky. So right. I don't have any regrets. Right. Yeah. I, I'll t- I, I think what's funny is for me, I was thrusted into uh, the culture of R-rated movies, and it was somewhat of a, I don't know what to do. So I took a girl out for the very first time. Her name was Amy. And uh, so I was dating her in the summer of 97. It was our first date. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like this big romantic, ooh, I'm going to ask this girl out to where I had everything planned out. I basically went to her house. Hey, what do you want to do? She said, well, let's look at what movie's playing. What movie does she want to see? Breakdown. It's R-rated. What am I going to do? Say, yeah, I'm not going to watch an R-rated movie. So, I mean, I remember seeing that movie in the theater. I was like, this movie is just so freaking good. And then uh, I want to say soon after that, I watched Pulp Fiction with you. And then I was just like, yeah, it, it. I really am not going to hell for hearing the F word. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And if you were, that would be the movie to send you there. All right. Well, we are here with some buddies of ours, Ryan and You've heard from Ryan a couple times now, probably. Uh, Jared, you're hopped up on uh, painkillers, and we yes. just asked you why, and you said, oh, recreationally. That's pretty Yeah, up, I'm always hopped up when I do these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, my brother and I both actually have a history of kidney stones, thanks to our old man. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Virgil Svensson passed on a lot of good stuff, and kidney stones is not one of them. And uh, Jared, if... 
if you are experiencing the the top of the line sort of pain, no, uh, there's no way you can continue. Oh so uh, yeah, I'm not. Just let us know. Let <laughs> right. Us know. All right. So today's topic is basically the simple question of um, what's wrong? Oh, a bug. Can a Christian consume any form of entertainment? So can a Christian consume any form of entertainment? But we got to get warmed up, man. We got to get warmed up. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to give you, uh, there's four movie quotes. And um, so, Ryan, you're going to have first stab at this one. So basically, if you get it, this is your question. So if you get it, you get a point. But if you don't get it, then it goes to our next contestant. Then it goes to the next. Um, So everybody's going to get a chance to to own their own one. Are these legit movie quotes? Yes, and it's just a luck of the draw. (laughs) Somebody else may get the more familiar movie than you know than your favorite movie, and you just got to you know calm yourself down. So you guys, you guys, be prepared because I don't think I've ever actually gotten anything right at this section of the stuff. (laughs) All right, Ryan. Quote number one. Normally, both your asses would be dead as effing fried chicken. But you happen to pull this shit while I'm in transitional period, so I don't want to kill you. I want to help you. But I can't give you this case. It don't belong to me. Besides, I've already been through too much shit this morning over this case to hand it over to your dumb ass. <laughs> what movie? Die Hard 3. No You way. are wrong, my friend. No way. All Pulp right. Fiction. Oh, Jared, uh, I guess thought was he was just next in line. That's All my right. t- number one favorite movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> His number one favorite movie. I'm sorry, All right. I've lived a very sheltered life from pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, this will be your question first, and if you don't get it, it will move on to um, Ryan. I am sorry. What happened to your father was business. I have much respect for your father, but your father... His thinking is old-fashioned. You must understand why I had to do that. Now, let's work through where we go from here. I have no idea. No idea. Ryan? Up. Up? (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Jared? I would say Godfather. Godfather is correct. Two points for Mr. Svensson. All right, so, Jared, this is yours uh, to to get. You want to bump G? I don't want none of that shit. You know how they bring that stuff in here, don't you? Tell them how they bring it in. They smuggle it in, in their ass. If I got to smell some shit to get high, I ain't going to have none. That ain't high. That's low. Hold on one second. <laughs> I so wish this was a video podcast all of a sudden. If you guys could see Joey. I had to be in character. This out. This I had great. to be in character. <laughs> all, right. all right. Jared, oh, do you know it? Oh, boy. Um... It's my fate. Oh, never mind. I don't want to give you. A- I gave you. A hint. I'll say the Green Mile. <laughs> I don't know. No life, life. You didn't give me a chance to steal. Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan or <laughs> did y'all know it? <laughs> Just cut to the chase. No. All right. So basically, this is Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy when they're old men. They're in jail, and some guy oh, offers yeah. Eddie Murphy drugs, and, he's, and he just make you know humiliates <laughs> him. All right. So last one. Uh, this one will just be for kicks. Who just just yell it out if you know it? I was checking the specs on the inline for the rotary girder. I'm retarded. Tommy boy. There you go. Jared swept wow. it, man. <laughs> swept wow. it. I'm a movie All nerd. Right. <laughs> All right. So here's the deal. This is such a big, uh, uh, big. That shows how limited my vocabulary is. This is such a. All-consuming subject area. What would you say, Ryan? Broad. Broad. Thank you. Thank you. There's so many ways that we can hit this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to paint a picture for you, but it's going to be like a splatter paint. It's the kind of painting you go into the museum. You're like, what in the heck is that? So some of you, you may finish listening to this podcast. You're like, what in the world did they just talk about? And it's because there's just so much to talk about. So I'm just going to be throwing so much at at Ryan's Jared and, and myself, you know, discussing these things too, but there's just so many ways of looking at it, so many facets of the conversation. So the first one is just in general, Ryan, can Christians enjoy all forms of entertainment or is there a time when I can say to you as your brother, you know what, 
there's just no room for you to watch or listen to that as a Christian because yeah. of the content. Well, sure. I mean, on, on an individual basis. Not on an individual okay, basis, no, like a universal no. you thing. You cannot say, don't listen to music, don't listen to art, okay. that kind of thing. So, no. so pretty much there, for, for the sake of the content, there's never a universal, you can't listen to that, you're a Christian, or you can't watch that. Sure. Okay. All right. Uh, what about you? And, and, and we're, we're going to have a, a good hour to explain ourselves. But in general, for the taking the content in itself, is there ever a time when you can tell another Christian, yeah, you know what? It, it, you can't watch that. You can't listen to that. Yeah, I think there is. Okay. And uh, we'll get back to that. I want to hear what, what you would say would be some examples of that. And then, Jared, what about you? I would say no. I would say, okay. I, I would say no, too, but as we talk about it more, uh, may, maybe it will sound more like a yes. I'm not sure. But uh, let's let's go back to with the most unique answer and what would be some examples of things that a Christian just has no business watching or listening to. Well, I could think of number one would be pornography. Okay. Um, number two would be <laughs> going to a strip club. Um I mean, those are pretty obvious ones. Um, I mean, All right. I think those would be off, off limits. Yep. All right, so let me throw uh, what I would think. The, here's why I wouldn't answer. Like, typically I would answer the same way you did, and, and the examples you gave would be the reasons why. And here's where I would maybe push back is I would say Wolf on Wall Street. I haven't seen it and I don't plan on it just from what I hear is in it. I just personally wouldn't be able to handle that and have a bunch of images in my head and all that stuff. But I would definitely say that's pretty much porn. Would we all agree? Wolf on Wall Street, if you've heard about it? I wouldn't know. Okay, you wouldn't know. Jared, have you read enough either. about it? I haven't okay. seen it. I don't know about it. All right, well. The only, th the only thing I know about is it's got, I think it got the most F words of any movie. Yeah. The, the only thing I know yeah. about it is I've watched the trailer about three dozen times in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, just kidding. Never seen it. So so basically it it's it's hilarious by the way. You can go to a Christian movie review uh, plugged in, focus on the family, and these guys actually watch these movies and then tell everybody else not to watch them. Maybe that's an admirable thing. But these so somebody watched this <laughs> it's a and said, yeah, they, they said the there, there's right. about twenty two graphic sex scenes, but it's hard to count because some of them blend into the other ones. But there's graphic scenes of blowjobs, graphic orgies, and just all that sorts of things. So given that snapshot, do we all agree that's porn? Sure. All right. So yes. there, Jared? Yes. Pornographic right. element. Pornographic, porn, whatever. All right. So some people would also say that was a pretty darn good piece of yeah. art. That movie, it portrayed something. It got down to some human emotions that, um, that, that it was just a very effective thing. The director did a great job. Now, what if a friend of ours who's a Christian that's also asexual, could he watch that movie and it not be a stumbling block would it not be something that he's turned on to he's just like look i can watch this and not struggle i know it's a very bizarre example but there are such things as christian asexuals i mean am i totally off or are you just like come on that's just ridiculous or would you agree with that notion <laughs> I think you're kind. Um, <laughs> you can call him ridiculous, <laughs> John. We're all about. Yeah, I think it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> all right, let, so me, let me just say, go ahead. Let, let me just say this. I would say that in our in our evangelical culture, there's not a shortage of aberrant sexual promiscuous behavior that's going on. I don't think the issue is people are being too holy. People are being too um, godly. I think the issue is the other way around. So I, I think. I guess I would frame the question a little bit differently. So so you, basically you're pointing out that it's not that we're too good to watch it, it's that we're too bad to subject ourselves to it. Um, no, I would say that there's a scriptural standard of holiness and repentance that a Christian needs to understand their minds and understand, you know, holiness and things like that that affect you know, and that's it's a fine line because when you say, okay, that piece of that piece of work is a piece of art, um, in one person's interpretation, another person's interpretation, well, that, that thing's a, you know that thing's a bunch of porn. 
Um, and so it gets very subjective as far as how you throw those things out. I just think Paul has a good mindset in Philippians 4.8 when he says whatever's pure, whatever's noble, whatever's you know admirable, think about those things. Okay, love it. I, I, uh, and I think that this this conversation is is just going to take on its its own shape. I've got a bunch of things I want to talk about, but this this is making me skip over a bunch of stuff and and leads into all right. We all agree that rape is a very horrible thing. Um, it it just permanently damages someone. Uh, we shudder at the thought of some a loved one being raped. Could someone say that there is some good in a movie portraying a graphic rape? Now, I probably, Joey Svensson, would not be able to watch it, not only because it would just bother me and grieve me, but then the sexual aspect of it. Um, I, I, I don't want to see any of that. But couldn't someone say there's some good that comes out of portraying something so evil because it's real and it makes us feel deep in our hearts what is really going on. I mean, just an example is a time to kill. That's not even graphic. But we see through the eyes of a young African-American female, a 10-year-old Tanya, these two you know, guys in their 20s getting off of her, pulling their pants up, and we feel the, the pain and just the, the evil of a young girl getting taken advantage of. I mean, is there good in that, Ryan? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if if you had if you said a blanket statement no to that, then uh, you'd probably be offended reading the Bible. We literally last night just read uh, a chapter in Second Samuel where it takes you through a story of you know what you would have to create in your mind is a pretty graphic rape scene. Yeah. So I mean, the the Bible it seems to set a precedence of purposefully intentionally making us face really ugly stuff hmm. I, I would agree with that statement you've got the raping of, of Dinah you've also got Judges 19 which is probably the most graphic chapter in the entire Bible so I don't which think one the is Bible shot which one is Judges that? 19 yeah Judges 19 where you know the concubine gets sliced up and gotcha. yeah. sends her body part so I mean obviously the Bible deals with some graphic and some cruel and some violent things but I think that the manner in which the inspired writers wrote it. It wasn't gratuitous. I mean, they reported that it happened and they gave details, but I don't think they painted a full technicolor picture that a lot of movies do that give that visceral you know, aspect to it. Obviously, there's the imagination that you take with what you read, but I think you have an example with the scripture writers of presenting a difficult topic, but doing it in a way that's not over the top. Yeah. So, so then you, so you would agree then that there, there could be some portrayals in movies of rape that is a good thing to try to portray because it's real stuff that real people deal with. I think if it's done in a, I think if it's done in a way that is, and again, this is subjective. I think if it's done in a way that doesn't, I don't know how to put this. I guess the word would be gratuitous or over the top. Um, you know, I, I mean, th this is kind of an artificial standard, but I mean, you've got, okay, let's talk about a rape scene that you would have on an after-school special versus a rape scene you'd have in an NC-17 movie. Right. You, they're both are depicting a rape. It's how they do it and for the audience they do it towards and the restrictions that you have in a PG movie versus a PG-13. I know those are artificial um, constructs that our culture has done with the Motion Picture Association, but I think you can convey the, the you know, the... the uh, Graphic, not one to say graphic, but the visceral, the, the emotional nature of rape without doing it in an NC-17 way. Gotcha. And Joey, for me, for me, this entire argument is subjective. Yeah. Like I think, I think it really depends on you, your walk with Christ, and the Holy Spirit. So it's really between you and the Holy Spirit. So where someone can really handle those kinds of scenes and not be bothered by it, others couldn't. And now that's what, where the Holy Spirit works in the heart. So how do you, how do you uh, deal with the Philippians passage that said as far as the well, thing that you put in your I would look at Mark 7:15. This is the and verse that I always use uh, in this context and that is there is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him but the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. So for example, if you're watching a rated R movie with a sex scene in it, one person could could actually start having lustful thoughts. Okay, that he went too far. 
But the person who watches it and does not have lustful thoughts or doesn't act on those thoughts or, you know, that person is not bothered by that film. So therefore, he's not defiled by watching it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish I would have thought of these words earlier. And I think it's exactly what we are discussing. And that's subjectivity or objectivity. And I think you're saying there are instances of objectivity. Well, I would push back on that passage and say, Paul, you know, in Ephesians 5, 3, sexual morality and all impurity and covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. He talks about, you know, one time you're in darkness, walk as children of light, take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, expose them. It's shameful to even speak of things that are done in secret. So I think, yes, there is, there is sin that comes from the heart, and it's not what goes into us. That, that makes us sinful, but I think the rest of the Bible teaches that because of that sin nature, we need to be careful what goes into us because what the nature is there is going gonna, is gonna to cause those things to happen. Yeah, I totally but agree the, with I, that statement for sure. Yeah, but the only, I guess, yes, I agree, but I have personally been sexually aroused by stuff I've read in the Bible. So What? <laughs> you haven't read stuff in like, Song of Solomon Song of or Solomon. sex scenes or yeah. just anything along those lines. I mean, pro- so I, yeah, Proverbs for for example, okay. when it's warning you against lust, I'm like, well, crap, this sucks because I'm reading it. And I'm you know, there's a turn on there because of my sinful nature. So it's just I I have to fall on the side. Like I um, respect where it's coming from for sure, but I, I think I would have to land on in the camp of this stuff being somewhat. Or, or just subjective, but I do think there are certain examples, uh, and, and, and a lot of them being brought up by <laughs> where I would say 99.9% of the times it's, it's probably a sin. I would just stay away from watching that. Now, you know, I would say porn is a pretty darn good example, but I mean, I know a Christian, he has told me this is a Christian dude, and he said, dude, I do not see the female body like you see the female body. I see the female body um, just in a very neutral sort of way. So I don't know if this guy would want to come right out and say he's asexual, uh, homosexual, or whatever, but he obviously can probably watch things that I cannot watch. Um, all right, and it so would be a sin for you. To, it would be a sin for you to watch for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's just like I mean, we can be we can be trippy with this. It'd be a sin for some people to walk into a buffet restaurant where other people it wouldn't be a sin because it's about ah, I can practice self control. There's some people that can't walk into Krispy Kreme donuts without ordering twelve donuts and walking out with all of them eating them all, Ryan. <laughs> I think it's important. I think it's important that we we make a distinction about binding somebody else's conscience on things that are that are objectionable or things that are, are questionable. Um, that, that's a really tricky thing because as Christians, we don't want to be legalistic and bind another Christian's conscience. Like, I wouldn't want to go to somebody in my church and say, you should never watch a rated R movie, and I'm going to hold you to that and make them feel guilty. At the same time, as a pastor, I think I need to be able to say, listen, for your spiritual growth, for your godliness, for your repentance, these are some things that you should not do based upon the Scripture. And where that fine line comes in binding a person's conscience, I think, is, is a difficult path to walk. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me. Um, I, I'm. I'm reading this as a real example of, of things that are out there. This is so uh, grossly bizarre and uh, vulgar that it, it would seem as if I'm joking, but I, I'm really not. I think this is discussion worthy and uh, paints the picture of just how crazy this stuff could be. So, um, and, and some of you may have, may know that these lyrics are out there because it's, it's just unbelievable. But DMX basically says, I, I got blood on my hands and there's no remorse. I got blood on my dick cause I effed a corpse. So this is in an actual song. Um, this is in a song that I'm sure, uh, hundreds of thousands of people have listened to, um, being someone that has listened and does listen to hip hop that uh, is is not Christian hip hop and and says things, I, I'll just explain how Joey Svensson processes things. I definitely think that. Well, I'll, I'll say this: There's definitely times when I'll get a hip hop CD, and uh, the the average Christian 
would not purchase or, or would not get. And I understand that and uh, respect that. But for me, there's, there's way more to it than just the lyrical content. There's the fact that there's a real person that's processing sin in a real way. Uh, there's a real person that's telling real stories. Uh, there's a real person that's glorifying sex in the same way that I struggle with glorifying sex. So I don't just necessarily see it as, okay, this is bad information that's messing me up personally. Now, I'm also the type of person where uh, when, when Tupac has a song on the CD and the whole thing is about womanizing, to, for me, I just don't enjoy listening to it. I don't know if you would call that a conviction or a preference or the Holy Spirit. I just don't want to listen to a, a whole song about him sexually wooing women. It just it's just not fun for me. But in in uh, you know in this in this DMX lyric, is that something that you guys feel that affects the heart when we just hear these words? I would just say I was offended by just you even using the language. Yeah. I guess I guess personally for me, I'm struggling even even promoting that I'm on this podcast because I don't know if I even want people from my church to go back and listen to it just because the language has been used already. Right. So I'm just just being honest about that. So yeah, yeah it was pretty offensive. Yeah. Um. Now what? So do you think that that hearing that affects someone's heart or? Does that make sense? I mean, so hearing actual words, is that affecting someone's heart universally, objectively? Uh, let, me, let me put a finer point on it. Is it okay to be exposed to grotesque truth if it is truth? At the, you know what I'm saying? At the expense, is it okay for, for artists to offend people if they're getting at a greater truth? You see what I'm saying? Like what DMX is saying there is... I don't know that song, but I'm going to guess that he hasn't actually done that and that he wasn't actually confessing that to the world. He was probably painting a picture of how some people are and how cruel the world can be. And is it okay for that? You know, is it okay to use that kind of shock factor to get people's attention? If he's trying to get at a greater truth. I guess my question would be, how are you defining truth? Because I wouldn't see that as a truth. I would see that as a reality. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're of right. Of life, but maybe not. No, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. But but I guess, I mean, I see what you're saying, the distinction that you're making. It's not a godly truth as in a, a tenet of, of godly wisdom, but it is a worldly truth that, you know, the, the Bible addresses evil as a truth i mean it is it is a it is a real thing so yeah i guess using the word reality do you think it's okay to paint ugly pictures to express visceral reality is it okay for non-believers or is it okay for like in general or what yeah I, I guess. well i mean I, I, since since the discussion seems to be uh geared towards believers yeah i mean this the, that's that's the i think that's a key here is um, you know, Paul obviously says that we have no business judging the world. Is there's just no point to it? Now we can we can make assessments about what's right or wrong in the world, but as far as us reaching out to to DMX and saying, "Hey, man, you shouldn't have said that," all of us I think would would probably say, "Yeah, that's that's pretty silly. We need to tell him about Jesus, and hopefully he can accept." I, <laughs> actually, though, I think DMX says that he's a Christian, so yeah, so I think that, every rapper does right. <laughs> that's for another <laughs> podcast, but um, you know, I I think that the the discussion is obviously so as as Christians. Um, you know, I think the, the question that Ryan is asking is, is a, uh, a part of the crux of this conversation is, all right, so that's out there. That's his reality. Uh, whether he's describing something narratively or not, you know, is, is it a sin to actually hear that? So, Jared, what, what would you say? Because uh, I, I appreciate honesty and, uh, you know, just being forthright. Like, hey, I don't. You know, it's unsettling to even, you know, hear these words uttered. How, how would you respond to that? No, I mean, I, I think, again, this is subjective. So I think uh, for it's wrong. For me, it's not wrong. To me, I, I can appreciate uh, the human condition um, as relayed in various artistic expressions. 
Um, however, I agree with you in some, certain rap songs that are completely focused on womanizing and things like that, that are sexually explicit, I generally don't even listen to them. Now, again, I don't know if that's conviction of the Holy Spirit, personal preference, but for me, I just don't listen to that. Now, I'm not going to say that to my other Christian brother, don't listen to it because he or she may be affected differently. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's a really subjective question that every Christian can answer in a different way. Right. And I guess I struggle with that because basically we're saying what I feel, what the Holy Spirit leads, and there's no there's no absolute truth that's the authority of, of that's binding on all of us as Christians. And it can be a very slippery slope to say, well, it's it's right for you, it's not right for me, it's your issue, it's not my issue, and then we become every everything becomes subjective. Well, see, then I think, so where do you, yeah, I think I think what's a slippery slope is defining taste. Like you're saying that I think this is wrong, and I'm saying I think this is right. I think we're both acting subjectively. So to try to apply a universal standard for tastes. I think is also a slippery slope because well, then you're banning okay. things that shouldn't be banned. Well, Jack- is, it, is it taste or is it exposing yourself to ungodliness? Well, again, I still I still believe it's it's the effect on your conscience, it's the effect on your life. So me consuming. What, okay, go ahead. Jared, we still have you. Yeah. All right. So here here's where I think we run into trouble with that is wouldn't wouldn't you be able to say when. Joey Spencer and Ryan Amick goes to a Clemson football game. We're exposing ourselves to worldliness as well. Not only are there people that are worshiping football, but you also have people that are going to be just crushed and crushed and devastated if Clemson loses, me being one of them. You also have people that are drinking too much, and then you also have the Carolina Gamecock fans that are throwing bottles at the Clemson players when they're scoring touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? So, right. it w- I mean, wouldn't that be exposing ourselves to that also? Yes, but I think the purpose that you're going there is to watch a football game. Yeah. And there, and there can be issues of, like, you're worshiping the team and there could be, you know, other behavior going on around there. And so, you're, you know, a football game in and of itself, I think, is amoral. There's nothing immoral or, you know, about football. Now, there's things related to it. They can happen all over the place, like what you said, right. um, versus other things that are meant to be specifically shock value or meant specifically sexually explicit, you know, things that I think the scripture, like, for example, the scripture doesn't address football, but addresses right. your heart and addresses worship. But the scripture does say a lot about fleeing sexual morality, talks about purity, it talks about those types of things. So I think you have to, to look at what the scripture speaks about in relation to especially sexual morality. Let me ask you something. Let me take a side road for just a second. Um, as far as this idea that we're holy and that we're set apart, do you feel like, I mean, clearly that theme is woven throughout the Old Testament pretty pretty uh, seriously. Do you feel that when Christ came and when you're reading through uh, Paul's epistles and there seems to be this sense of, it seems to me like there's a sense of we don't have to necessarily stay completely separate anymore, that we're going to have to go out into the world. We're going to have to get dirty to a certain extent uh, to, to reach the dirty. You see what I'm saying? Right. It, is it, I, am, am, I, am I going too far with that? And well, that let me just give you – yeah, let, I mean, I understand what you're saying. You're saying basically – I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll make sure I understand what you're saying. You're saying in order to evangelize, in order to reach people with the gospel – we've got to, in some ways, you know, face the reality of sin and be out there, you know, rubbing shoulders with lost people. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty close. Okay. And so Paul gives an example of that. In 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 27, you've got the famous, you know, I made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them to the Jew. I became a Jew, et cetera, et cetera. And so in verse 23, he says, I do all things for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them and its blessings. And a lot of people stop right there, and they don't go on to read what else Paul says about that. He goes on and says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So I think you've got a balance there where Paul says, yeah, I need to go out there and be, 
um, in the culture. I need to reach lost people. I need to, you know, confront, you know, people and be out there. But I also need to be very careful that in the process, I'm doing this for the gospel. I don't disqualify myself, and then I exercise self-control. So I think you see a balance there. And Joey, I think too. This is this conversation is mostly about um, entertainment, right? Not necessarily ministry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, but I th- I think those are two. They're hard to separate, though. You know, just similar implications. But yeah, yeah, just entertainment and um, yeah. So let me. Uh, okay, th- so the Bible doesn't say anything about masturbation, but the Bible does say something about lust. So I do think people in general, and I mean Ryan, there push back if you disagree. I think people in general would be pretty hard-pressed to say masturbation is a sin, period. Black and white, you don't do it, it's a sin. Um, My response would be, yeah, you're probably right if it's paired with lust, but what if it's a married man on a two-week business trip to pictures of his wife when she's aware, or... What if it's, uh, I mean, I, we could probably debate on whether or not this would be sin, but what if it's a elderly guy in a nursing home and he can still, you know, get himself up and, and have thoughts about his former wife? Or, you know, just there's so many different situations. Or, hey, what what, what if the college student can figure out a way of doing that and, and blocking all sexual thoughts out of his head? I mean, that would be a miracle, but what, what if he could? So... I think most of us would say, yeah, most forms of masturbation, yeah, probably a sinful act, but I, I, I don't think any of us would say that's a sin. So I think that's, that's where I'm coming from when it comes to sexually explicit stuff. My wife can watch some things that I could not watch because I am the stereotypical male that's very wired up with my eyes She's the very stereotypical female who is not. So she, although there are some things that, uh, you know, she has even turned her head from saying, yeah, I I can't even watch this. She's got a way higher threshold to be able to view things that that I cannot. So that's that's the whole subjectivity thing that, that, you know, I'm discussing here. But I, but, and so when I hear sexual immorality and um, sexual purity and flee from sexual immorality and all that stuff, I'm thinking, yes, whatever that sexual sin is, flee from it. So if it is holding your girlfriend's hand, but you can't stop thinking about getting her in bed while you're holding her hands, then stop holding her freaking hand. You know, but if it's um, watching... Um, you know, a, a sex scene on a sitcom that doesn't get, um, you know, doesn't show nudity, but it's still turning on, you know, so whatever the sexual sin is, if it's causing you to lust, so I would say lust is the sin. Um, but hey, let, um, you and I emailed back and forth a little bit about uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, and I think you wrote something on that. Um, I'll go ahead and say that I haven't seen Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't plan on it because I, I just can't handle a lot of sexually explicit stuff. Um, so I can't really speak on whether or not I think that's one of those examples of things that most Christians should just avoid. I don't think that I would go so far as to ever say, uh, yeah, just shouldn't watch it. I know our friend Craig Gross, who started Triple X Church, he watched it with his wife. I don't know whether or not he had to turn his head and stuff, but... Um, you know, he wrote an article on why it shouldn't be seen as a black and white issue. What's your thoughts on Fifty Shades of Grey? Um, I haven't seen it, obviously. I've just seen the previews and, and read about it. Um, I guess the concern I had was how many Christian women were going to it and thinking about it, and, and basically not just the sexual aspect, but the, this basically the sadomas- sadomasochism yeah. aspect of it, and just the, the objectifying of women, the the whole um, you know bondage, S and M, things like that. It just seems like it was really shocking to me. And, and my wife and I just talked about how many. You know, she's a school teacher, and how many of her teacher friends, when it came out, you know, had to go see yeah. it? And we saw another movie the same night it came out, and we were coming out, and we actually saw. We're in a small town, and we saw some some Christian women coming out of it, and they were like ducked in and trying to hide <laughs> from us because they they knew they're like, oh no, there's Pastor Sean. And so, um, 
you know, basically, I didn't, I didn't come out. I wrote a newspaper article. And I didn't basically try to say, hey, you know, if you go see this, you're you're a wicked person or whatever. I just warned my congregation that you need to be discerning in how you view entertainment, and is this something that would be glorifying to God, and is this something that that you want to waste your money right. on? Yeah, um, Ryan, have you seen that? Have no, you seen the movie, Jared? No, have you I seen it? I have not seen not because no. of the sex, just because I heard it was terrible. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I did have a problem with some uh, males, uh, and, and I understand your sentiment as far as it being probably more of a female issue because that, that probably was the more significant demographic. But I definitely ran into some friend, uh, some personal friends that are Christians just like, oh, it's just no big deal. Yeah, I'm going to watch it with my wife. And I'm thinking, my gosh, you've got to be wired up differently than me. Because that just would would be a big deal, and I, I, you know, I I uh, I'm the type of person that I also feel like I have a responsibility as a Christian to at least accurately present where I'm at in processing things, and I and maybe that's my pastoral role. Or I don't know, but for so for example, if uh, if if I did see Fifty Shades of Grey, but I had to turn my head for you know half the scenes i wouldn't just say casually yeah i saw 50 shades of gray with my wife the other night afterwards blah blah blah. i I would feel like yeah well here's the full story i know that sounds shocking to a lot of people here's what i did turn my head and and all that sort of thing but all right let's uh does anybody have any you you have anything i just wanted to kind of get back to what saying about things being offensive and kind of i don't know why this is stuck in my head but i want to get a little finer point on the idea of exposing ourselves to sin being portrayed in movies or towards really ugly thing point being portrayed. So, for instance, if we watched a movie with a super greedy character, we probably wouldn't think that that was necessarily sin. Or, or we, we probably wouldn't necessarily caution uh, Christians about Ebenezer Scrooge. That. Yeah, hey, or, it's the and Christmas like, season. Like all of us have probably seen an episode of MTV Cribs. Right. And clearly... You know, a lot of that lifestyle that they're portraying is clearly decadent and would not line up with the gospel. So I guess I would love for either any of y'all to be able to put a little finer point on that as far as where the danger comes. So you're saying when when says exposing ourselves to worldliness, that would be an example of exposing ourselves to worldliness. That's what I'm saying. I think it goes back to what Joey's saying about people being wired up certain ways. So obviously someone that struggles with greed and struggles with a lavish lifestyle and is always coveting their neighbor's stuff, they probably shouldn't watch those kinds of shows. Yeah, or someone that knows they have a problem with gambling, they probably shouldn't go see Rounders. (laughs) You know? I mean, just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Or go to Las Vegas. But you could see us, but why wouldn't you put the watch, let them watch a movie where a gambler, where it was graphic gambling or graphic gratuitous greed, (laughs) and they were not portrayed in a in a fa- in a favorable light you know what i mean if you're oh, telling gotcha. a story gotcha that that's i guess i'm trying to figure out where where to draw the line here oh so you're saying that a really graphic dismal portrayal of gambling might help people understand the dangers of sure. gambling and 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 in and going back to joey's uh, rape example i have watched extremely graphic rape scenes on tv and it turned my stomach in a what I would think, what I would say is a really healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and, and it offended me. Right. And, and so that's what I'm saying. Like the, the offense litmus test doesn't seem to hold up for me personally. Um, and, and offense is such a subjective thing. You know what I mean? My, my southern accent could have, I'm sure probably does offend half of your audience. <laughs> but that doesn't make it wrong. So. Well, I mean, should, should, if, if, we were, if we were witnessing the crucifixion, that's arguably yeah. the most grossest sin in the history of the world, crucifying perfect God who yeah, d- who came to rescue us. Were we moral? Would we be morally obligated to turn our heads? Did, didn't it, didn't the Christians love the Mel Gibson movie uh, because it was so graphic? They're right. Like, oh, it about brought me to tears. You yeah. Know, because it was so graphic. Yeah. Like that I would certainly consider that gratuitous. So it's not quite that simple. Well, I appreciate what you guys are saying. I think it's it's difficult for me because number one, I'm a pastor and been in pastoral ministry for over twenty years, and so I've got different convictions based upon my position of leadership. Yeah. But also, I've just seen the brokenness and devastation of people in my office 
you know, week after week that are dealing with pornography, they're dealing with adultery, that are dealing with all these things. And I just think the more Christians expose themselves to this, I mean, I have these people coming to my office and with, with really major issues. And so I don't want to give any more ammunition for them to go out and have right. more of that. Um, and so, you know, I guess I look at it from the grid of being a pastor as opposed to just an average Christian making these decisions. And what would you say about ex- Christians exposing themselves to, say, uh, TGIF-style sitcoms that may or may not, you know, support what we would consider conservative Christian values? Uh, like, uh, what's the one, Modern Family? I don't want to even get mired on, on the gay couple because that one's low-hanging fruit. But, like, there, there's certainly some some subjects in there where, quote-unquote, Christian lifestyle is not being portrayed. Would that be... Uh, would would you advise folks? Well, I mean, I'm not the kind of pastor. That, I guess I, I'm not the kind of pastor that preaches um, like issues from the pulpit every week. Like, don't see this or don't see that. I think you, you preach the text and you preach the gospel sure. and you trust. I'm in just saying, if a brother Spirit. if a brother came to you, okay. And, you know, I would probably say I would say you know what you need to filter everything through the scripture. You need to use godly discernment and as your pastor i would not watch it and i'd probably encourage you not to watch it but i i can't police it and i can't you know i don't want to bind your conscience on that but you know i i would be concerned for you know i'd be concerned for you if that was something that you really enjoyed watching and didn't have a problem for me i would i would ask him how does this affect you is this affecting you in any adverse way that's that's kind of what i'm getting to is is that what's at the crux of this is it the way that it's affecting you or is there something else to it or, or would you even go as far as to say it's that it's supporting, you know, folks that are making that kind of stuff? Good questions. Good questions. Grand Theft Auto. Jared, is there is there an age uh, where uh, Emma can play Grand Theft Auto under your roof? For those of you that uh, missed out on the last 15, 20 years, Grand Theft Auto is a game where you can actually uh, virtually be a character that breaks into cars, uh, accidentally run over women, uh, take pictures of topless girls and they actually react with anger or, you know, I don't know, throw their cell phone at you. Uh, you can shoot people. Um, you can be as sick as you want to be, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, if Emma plays that game, she's not going to be very sick when she plays that game. And I've only played it, I played it maybe for an hour one time, and I had fun running people over, but I'm not going to, like, rape people or take pictures of topless females. So, again, I think it depends on who you are, what your motivations are, and how it affects you. So, regarding me and Emma playing Grand Theft Auto, I'd play with her tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, this this is this is a weird one for me. I think this is where I I definitely feel hypocritical because I just, I don't know, that... The whole thought of a Christian engaging in a fun game where they're just like, you know what, I don't think murder is okay, but I at least get to do it in this video game. Joe, you play Contra. You know, yeah, but those are people trying to kill you. <laughs> well, if you piss somebody off in Grand Theft Auto, they're going to try to kill you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I kind of, I mean, like again, I'm admitting some hypocrisy here, but I don't think I would let, I would let anybody play Grand Theft Auto in in my house. I'd just be like, yeah, and I, and I would even phrase it this way. I was like, look, maybe this is a personal conviction. I just don't like the concept of a of a game that allows you to enjoy and indulge in things that you just would never indulge in in the real world. And my Lord, one of them being rape, I think. I, I didn't do enough research, but I'm pretty sure you can well, have see, your way with women. There I, and, think, there I think you're running into some, some troublesome territory because if you're playing that game and you're really getting sucked into it, that can mess you up. And that's, yeah. that's definitely wrong. That's definitely sin. But yeah. again, you control the level of insanity of that game and how sick you want to be. So you can play a right. pretty, you know, uh, casual game and not get carried away with it. Yeah, yeah but Jared, you can't say that you can play that game without showing a flagrant disregard for traffic. Traffic. Oh, of course, dude. I'd be <laughs> running over mailboxes and slamming into cars. Absolutely. Slippery slope, buddy. I want to leave yep. the door open for you to push back on on uh, Jared here. Well, I think video games are are, are unique because. 
it's it's a whole lot different than just sitting and watching a screen. I mean, there's there's the whole when you play a video game. My son's 18, and so we've had these conversations and the different games that we've allowed him to play, and so you're giving your whole person into a video game. It's it's it, I don't know how to describe it. It's not just passive. You're actively choosing to do these things. Whereas when you watch a movie, it's it's passive. You're taking in what somebody else is choosing to show you. And so I think that makes it a whole different level. Um, and again, I think it's the same thing. You know, thankfully on those games, there are some parental controls you can put in. But then the question is, do you even let your kid play the game? You know, without the parental controls, or with the parental controls, or should he even play it at all? Um, so. You know, I struggle with Grand Theft Auto. Um, I've seen people play it and have fun and do things without the other, you know, graphic stuff in it. And so, I don't know. I guess I, I'm struggling with the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know if that yeah. answers your question. No, no it's no, definitely a gray so. area, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I want to I wanna, uh, just open up the door of... Um, food sacrifice to idols. How how does this play into the conversation as far as Paul saying, hey, there's certain things that can be okay for one person, but hey, if you're comfortable with it, you know, don't don't point the finger at someone who's not and vice versa. Um, how how does freedom fit in this conversation? I mean, is is are those passages relevant to this conversation? Are we talking about Chinese buffets and stuff? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All of it. All of it. I think so. Um, you know, I think that basically when Paul was making those arguments, the connotation of meat sacrifice to idols was, you know, it dealt with everything with the pagan temple worship and the orgies and the Greek gods and goddesses. And so, you know, for a person that was really struggling and came out of that, you know, for you to go eat meat sacrificed to idols, that was like the worst thing you could do because it brought back all those imageries. But yeah. Paul says, listen, it's, it's just a piece of meat. Those idols aren't real. There's nothing to them. It's a piece of meat. You know, the, the entities in and of themselves are meaningless. But what is behind those is what's really causing the stumbling block. And so I think Paul would probably argue, listen, you probably have freedom to do that. But err on the side of caution of not doing that to be a stumbling block to your brother. Better to not be a stumbling block than to you know, use your freedom, I think is the bottom line. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that freedom is great. Freedom in Christ is great. But I think sometimes freedom can also be an idol itself. And that's what we have to be yeah, really careful. Oh, yeah, that's a good what, how, how, how do you mean? Well, I think if you let that for your freedom interfere with your walk with Christ, for example, you're like, yeah, I'm free to do this. But if you really start to let that freedom interfere with your walk with Christ, then I th that, that's the danger, I think. Gotcha. You're, in other words, you're pursuing passions at the expense of pursuing God, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Or, or, or you flaunt your freedom. Right. Or you say, you're like, hey, I found this newfound freedom in Christ, and I'm able to go do all these things, and I don't have any you know, remorse or guilt or conviction. And so, you know, what's wrong with you? Haven't, why haven't you come to my side to see these things? And I think you can flaunt your freedom to the detriment of, of a weaker brother that you know, maybe is really struggling. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. Well, I'll, I'll close by, uh, as I was uh, researching some examples of different things here and there, something that popped up that I thought was strikingly ironic and actually kind of burdensome to my heart personally. Um, I've done a decent job of separating uh, his character, but uh, on the show from his personal life, but it's, it's almost impossible sometimes. I love Bill Cosby. Always have, always will be. Love Cliff Huxtable and the person he betrays. But uh, Bill Cosby says in an audience, um, I, it's uh, historically uh, black college, I think it's called uh, Apalika Auburn. No, Apalika Auburn News reports. So they didn't say what the college is. But he basically says, um, we're not a vulgar culture, basically talking about the African-American culture. And uh, he's not going to support anyone who's going to teach his grandchildren how to curse, basically talking about uh, the hip hop culture. And, you know, just an example of you can obviously be so uh, focused on these outside things, uh, which I think we've all made some good points on how that can be a healthy thing in some regards, but obviously the heart is what the four of us especially care about, and that's obviously 
Um, I think all of our points of view uh, are, are based on all of us protecting our hearts. And I think that's how, you know, we all probably disagree and, and what means need to be taken in order to do that. But that's the most important thing because obviously a guy that's talking about not cussing in songs, you know, has a whole rap sheet of, you know, taking advantage of, of women and that sort of thing. And obviously a very sad example, but one that I think is pretty noteworthy in our conversation. So sorry to bum you guys out on a negative Thanks, note. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Let's go get some gelatin pudding pops. All right. All right. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciate all of you guys. Uh, sh- sorry if we blindsided you with some of that language. I d- definitely did not mean to offend in any way, but I appreciate your insight and your thoughts on the subject. Ryan, you as well. You're great. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. you hopefully, hopefully, I didn't dominate the conversation too much. So oh, yeah. Not at all. No, no, I, I felt bad that we ganged up on you. So. Yeah. Oh, no, you didn't gang up on me. So. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, all right, Jared, take care of that kidney stone, man. Thanks for listening to PWNA. You can follow us on Twitter at PWNAPOD. We're also on Facebook. We talk about a lot of this here stuff that we talk on the podcast. We talk on Facebook, lots of conversing and everything. You can go to facebook.com forward slash BC Pastor. And then, obviously, we'd love for you to go to iTunes, leave us a rating for Christmas. I'll tell you what, yeah, give us a Christmas present by leaving us a rating or a comment. Tell us how much you love this podcast. We really would appreciate it. But most of all, we thank you for joining the discussion by just listening. And uh, for those of you that do correspond with us, we love hearing from you on Facebook and Twitter. We will see y'all or uh, actually you will hear us next week.